Father, help us by the Holy Ghost to communicate a message that would bring life, life to our bodies, health to our flesh, transformation to our minds. Renew our minds, Father God. Feed us in our spirits. Give us sustenance for this last hour in which we live. Let us be the church that's alive, that's awake, and never fake. I thank you, Lord, for the help of the Holy Ghost. We depend on you in this hour. Because whoever finds God finds life. I'm, I'm, I'm saying who told you that, but you'll see the new graphic next week. But I want to talk for these five weeks about if you were to receive a letter from the Apostle Paul or the Apostle John in Revelations to the seven churches where he says, I want to keep my candlestick in the middle of the church. I want to keep the flame burning bright. And then he corrects the churches and he says, if these things don't happen or these things do happen, I will remove my candlestick. In other words, my flame's going to go out. And if I were writing a letter, a red letter edition, that means Jesus spoke it to the church today, it would be these five letters. And I believe that Casey's going to bring one next week on Sunday that will be phenomenal. But today as we start, I just thought about what the scripture says over here in 2 Corinthians 2.11. I want you to focus on this for a second. It said, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant of his schemes. How many know the devil has nothing new? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's a creator who is creative. Satan's a loser, and he can just pervert what God's created. That's all he can do. He's a pervert. He's, we call him wicked because wicked means twisted. He takes what God created, and he twists it. So when we see his schemes, I want to make this statement because I believe Satan, according to John 10.10, 10, has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have, come on, and life more abundantly. Isn't that what God said? Isn't that what Jesus said? I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So when I thought about his strategy, Satan's strategy, his main strategy in this hour, in this time, I, I want to address some of these. And it's not just because we live in America and we're supposed to have freedom and we're not supposed to be like the nations, many of them that I've traveled to that were either communists or socialists, that are controlled by the propaganda of the media that spends millions and millions of dollars to let you hear something and 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 hear something, and hear something until you believe it. And then when you come into our election cycles at midterms or the, the, the four years that are to come, the four-year uh, differences of the president, that what we do is we spend billions of dollars on these campaigns to get something in people's ears, to just get you to hear something. And, and the Bible said, be careful in these last days. There are many voices that have gone out there. But see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why this should be primary in your life. Your primary hearing should be the word of God in this day and this hour. And I'm telling you, I love Carrie's going to even, we got some great men and pastors going to be there from several churches at the men's retreat. Carrie is going to give his testimony of how his faith went to another level. As the devil tried to take him out with throat cancer, but here he sits strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And wouldn't you say your faith went to another level? 
and your trust in the word of God, he was telling me yesterday, went to a whole nother level. And so as I look at that, I go, what is Satan's device? What is his strategy? If we can understand the enemy's game plan, how many know we can stop it? And, and I just want to make this statement today. I really believe one of his mission statements is to destroy, let's just say to kill, steal, and destroy anything that's a reflection of the image of God. This is the enemy's strategy today. It's a big one. To steal, kill, and destroy anything that looks like a reflection of the image of God. And so when I thought about this, I said, why Satan strategically, as the church has fallen to sleep over the years, why is he strategically let abortion just continue where 60 million seeds, 60 million seeds. The church, ah, I'm good. I'm praising God. I'm, I'm in the word, brother. I've met people for 50 years of my life. I'm in the word, brother. I'm spiritual. But they are for about an hour and a half a week on Sunday. But the rest of the week, they're not so spiritual and they're not so generous. And they're not so filled with the spirit. And so I'm like, Lord, how do we live this every day? Because the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And so when I looked at this, I went, wow. So Satan aborts the seed. He aborts the plan of God. He aborts the next generation. He aborts his purposes for revival, his plan for reformation, his plan for inventions, his plan for his creativity, his plan for his light, his love, and his life to spread through the earth all of a sudden becomes dark because many have been asleep and don't understand. I know the word. I've heard the word. But he said, don't just be a hearer, be a doer of the word. I know a lot of people that have a lot of head knowledge, but they just don't live out the gospel. At Grace Life, we're going to live out the gospel. Come on, say doers of the word. So when I look at this, I look at God's word and how he says, I love Genesis 3. 15 in the good news translation. I will make you and the woman to hate each other. Her offspring and yours will always be enemies after the fall. Her offspring will crush your head and you will bite her offspring's heel. How many know you were designed to crush Satan's head? I want to say it again. How many know you were designed to crush Satan's head? But not only that, you and your seed. There's something about the Old Testament that sets us up for the new, that every time God mentions a blessing, which actually means empowered to prosper, or Psalms 1, the enviable life. How many want that enviable life? The enviable life full of power, that when he sets us up for the enviable life, he always includes our children. Let's look at Psalms 112.1. Praise the Lord Blessed is the man who feareth the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Come on, how many are taking that promise? I talked to my daughter in Tulsa yesterday. I said, what are you doing? She said, Dad, I got a new dog. I got a dog just like Samson. I said, Gloria, you got eyelashes, you got nails, you got weddings to go to. You don't need a dependent yet till you have a good job. Anyway. But she's doing good spiritually, amen? I just got to send her dog food money now on Venmo. But anyway, your seed shall be mighty in the earth. That's a promise. 
Generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. How many know that's a promise? I didn't say it. God's word said it. Then we get down to Deuteronomy 30. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness to record this day against you that. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. How many know there's blessings and curses? But listen what he tells us. Therefore, choose life. Someone shout, choose life. That you and your descendants, you, that you can live and your descendants. How many know God's always perpetual talking about the generation to come? He's concerned about the Abraham, the Isaac, and the Jacob. So then when we look at Abraham in Genesis 18, he says, Since Abraham surely will become a great nation, all the nations will be blessed through him, and I'll bless them by him. I have known and chosen him. As my own, so that he may teach and command his children and his sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and do what is just and righteous, so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him. Now, how do you how do you get a guy? How do you get a guy to scrap? How do you get a guy to fight? Mess with his kids. Mess with his kids. Mess with Joey's daughter. Mess with, mess with my kids. What's Satan want to do? He wants to mess with God's kids. How many know whether you're here today, you think it's a good day, I think it's all right, the stock market's up a little, I don't. Well, well either way, you've got an enemy who wants to devour you and kill you right now. Because you're the seed and the image and the likeness of the creator. Think about that for a minute. So when I looked at this, I went, wow. He wants to attack anything that looks like the image of God. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But if he can't steal and kill, he'll try to confuse. He'll try to confuse you with whatever he can use to this generation, to the culture mindsets of the generation, whether it be used as gender confusion or gender dysphoria or get you to not believe you are created who the sonogram said you were. Is the baby, do we know the baby, the boy or girl yet, Shane? Huh? Surprise. It's a surprise baby. We had a surprise. We painted the walls yellow. We did. And that boy was a glory of hope. Why? Because there was no pee-pee in the sonogram. Is that hard for you to understand? Someone has to call it like it is. The doctor didn't determine the gender of my children. God did. You don't determine the gender, nor does your child determine the gender. I'm compassionate for those who are literally confused with this situation. I am. But I'm very indignant and angry about those who want to put it in our education system and those politicians who want to push it and use it as a trick of the enemy of darkness to destroy the image and the likeness that God made his children in. Satan loves to control the narrative of the secular antichrist education. Get them while they're young. They'll grow up in a gender-confused culture. He's been attacking not only those children, but the teachers, if you don't get behind that narrative, and the leaders and the superintendents and the people that have to listen. And I think, and we're just going to accept that, and the church should stay in our lane and stay quiet. Someone say, not. not. 
well, wait a minute, wait, a, wait, 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 wait. How many have traveled the world and, and been to the, the, the museum over there in Paris? They call it Paris, it's Paris. Sounds weird, doesn't it? I think that's where skinny jeans were made anyway. <laughs> but we go into the museum and we see the Mona Lisa. How many have ever seen the Mona Lisa? What do you think about it, Joe? It's not that great, is it? In fact, pull it up real quick. For those who've never seen the Mona Lisa, now, I, she's got better hair than me, but this is, this is what people, did you see in the museum how people gaze for hours? They just go, wow. Well, Leonardo da Vinci, right, 1509, 08 through 19, designs this picture and draws it. He paints it. He makes it beautiful. And, and people say, man, it's so beautiful. Well, one day, some guy went in years ago and threw acid on the picture and threw some paint on it, tried to destroy it. He went to jail real quick. I don't know if it's the death sentence because we got this beautiful picture that was made hundreds of years ago, painted by Leonardo da Vinci. If you ever been into the Hermitage in Russia, you see these paintings on the wall by da Vinci that are massive. They're like the size of the whole side of our building. And you walk from one to the next and you look at these massive paintings and, and it's just like wild and radical and, and, and they're very well protected. They protect this picture. Why? It's worth, do you know, they don't want to know how much it's worth? Over a billion dollars now. One billion dollars for a painting. Very rare. And, and, and it's the original. There's only one. There's only one. There's only, think about this. There's only one painting that makes it so rare and so original that it's worth a, over a billion. One said 840 million, but that was a couple years ago. Say so now over a billion dollars. The value in this, this incredible piece of art is so incredible. I, I'm not sure. I'm not seeing what's so incredible. It looks like a pretty, uh, pretty drab outfit. I mean, my wife would have spiced it up a little. The haircut looks a little bit like her hair was uh, flat, do you say? Ari, you can give her a lesson. But, but since that person went to destroy it, did you see all the glass in front of it now? All these massive, nobody's, you can see it, you can't get to it. Why? Because they got to protect it. Because some crazy person like me that's jealous because I have no hair, could come up and go, I don't like that she has hair and take a paintbrush and start, start just, I don't like that. I'll, I'll put paint over here. I don't like the way her eyes are. I'm going to put sketch over here. You say, don't do that. You'll ruin the original painting. There's a lot of value in that. You'll take away the value. But yet we'll tell a five-year-old that he can choose his gender when he doesn't even know that he should eat broccoli or mac and cheese, he doesn't know what to choose for dinner, but dinner, but a five-year-old should be able to choose his gender, and 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 we should be able to have people in a classroom tell them that God made you an original, but you might be something else. Let me mess with your sexuality. Let me mess with how you think. Let me plant little seeds in your mind that says you're not who you really think you are. Someone say deconstruct. The devil loves to deconstruct. We put that person in jail. If they touch that picture, it's behind so much glass you could never get to it. But yet we'll let a teacher walk in with a little piece of paper that will affirm someone, little child that says, I'm a girl, but I feel like a boy today. And we'll celebrate that and say, that's all right. 
I don't know if you know the world we live in today, but a male athlete can walk around naked in a women's locker room in an NCAA swim event with other girls. And then he can jump in the pool and swim against them and say, ha ha, I'm faster. And the Bible happens to say over in Peter that the woman is a weaker vessel, not in her mind, not in every way, but a little bit physically, just a little bit weaker. And so we're going to have some big brute bully jump in the locker room, strut around naked, and then jump in the pool and beat them and say, ain't I wonderful? I just feel like a girl today. How many know there's a problem with that? That's not absolute truth. If you did that in 1973 where I did my swim meets at Rosedale Pool in Penn Hills and a, and, a, and, and a guy or a girl walked around as a guy in a locker room, the fathers would have grabbed the guy, beat him up, and threw him out in the parking lot, and he would have never said he was a girl again. Well, that's not compassionate. But you know what? That's absolute truth. Daddy, I want to wear a dress. Take that off. Pastor, that's hard. No, no, no. It's true. God made you a boy. And as your father and your overseer and your mother who love you, we want to operate in absolute truth. They had a 16-year-old Wisconsin last weekend strutting as a girl, a drag queen. That's a a 16-year-old boy. And then we say that's acceptable. He wants to change his image. They want to change their image image. I just feel, I feel, I feel like something's different. I feel I'm a little bit confused. How many know the devil loves that and plays right into it? Because if he can confuse you, he can steal from you. Then he can kill you. Then he can destroy you. So you got to be, got to be careful. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my kids. I love them. We already lost them. If you let them go down that road and play that narrative. What's the word of God say about what's happening in our world today? It has a lot to say. And you would say, well, pastor, you need to stay in your lane and don't speak out because no, no, no. How many know a lie is a lie? And Satan is the father of lies. And if it says don't be ignorant of his devices... We need to realize that the devil has come into the lane of the church and he's depending on us keeping silent. Come on, someone shout nope. Nope. So what do we do? You know, we, I, I don't know if it's on my phone, but this is crazy. I hear this every day at about six in the morning. I'm studying and... this alarm clock every morning. I'm tired of hearing it. (laughs) Just wake up. And the Lord said, I have a message to the church. Just wake up. Someone say, wake up. up. So when I look at Romans 13, 11, it says, 
To live like this is all the more urgent, for the time is running out, and you know at a strategic hour in human history, it is time for us to wake up, for our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So what I want to do for the next few minutes, I want to reconstruct our faith in the church, and I really want to challenge what we think, what we believe, and why we say or don't say, why we're silent or why we speak up about the image that God created us in. Because God created you in his image and in his likeness. And so now while the devil's trying to deconstruct our faith and deconstruct your identity because he hates you, he wants to steal from you, and he wants you to think that you're the furthest thing from God that there is on the planet. You're the most vile, condemn yourself, feel like sin, feel like unworthy because his desire is to kill you, steal from you, and destroy your life. But I love this. You were created to bear the image of God and reflect his glory. I'm going to say it again. You were created in the image of God to reflect his glory. Number one, how do we do this, Pastor? We realize as the church that we've been made in his image and in his likeness. This is powerful. I can imagine this all the time. What's the Bible tell us in Genesis? The book of beginnings, the foundation that establishes everything. 126, then God said, I love this, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Wow, God said this, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Hebrew word is Elohim. God said, let us make man in our image. Do you see the creation? And there's this man, Adam, he's standing there, and God made him a speaking spirit. Image, likeness, dominion. Image, likeness, dominion. What's he do in image, likeness, and dominion? I'm a lot like my father. He says, you're to be fruitful, then you're to multiply. This is our whole life. Image, likeness, dominion. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Why the Hebrew men? that I was down in on, on, on Friday evening at dinner before the Sabbath, the Jewish man that I was having dinner with puts his hand on his son's head and says, I command you to prosper. I command you to take dominion. Because there's some principles in Judaism. It's what, where our Bible has come from that, that I was ministering to a guy in Squirrel Hill, and, and he loves us. He said, you're a Zionist. You and your wife are Zionists. We see you on TV. We see you at your church. You're Zionists. You love the Jewish people. I said, we do. How many know this, where, that's where this came from? He said, and I like when you preach Jesus to me. He said, you just got to get to reach the rest of the Jews. You just got to get past golf, money, and real estate. <laughs> That's what he said, and then we'll talk about Jesus. That's what he told us, didn't he? And so I'm like, wow. But, but they understand part of the Old Testament and the first five books of the Bible as we understand that God made you in his image, in his likeness. In 28, he says, to be fruitful and multiply. Someone shout multiply. <laughs> this church is having a miracle of multiplication and acceleration. Whatever you're doing, you're going to accelerate that. I don't care what it is. This is God's blessing on your life. You're going to accelerate and multiply. Say it out loud. Accelerate, multiply. Some people are afraid to say that. Well, pastor, it's not going real well. Say accelerate, accelerate. Multiply. multiply. Listen to what he says. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it using its vast resources, having dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds are there. Wow. And all the creeps, things that creep on the earth. 
So, so I want you to think about this as they show this crazy picture when I had hair. Here's, 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 a, here's a picture. Here's a picture when I was, a, this is 37 years ago, my senior year. And I was thinking, this is interesting because you think about image, you're like, Pastor, get some hair. <laughs> you think about image, and then I look over here and I go, wait, if you take his glasses off, you look at the blueness in his eyes, and you look at the, the good hair, that's from his mother. You look at his musical ability, and then you study the DNA. And then you go up in a room and talk to him at nighttime and listen to his heart. You listen to what he says in his spirit. And then you go back to my father, and you look at his eyes. And you go, wow, he has his dad's. And now he has his dad's. And now he has his dad's DNA. He has his, he's, the, he's the very image and the very likeness of his father. And people told me as a kid, you are the image and the likeness of your father. God saw to it that he would do something in the DNA of my wife and I where the father determines the sex of the child that would say, I want the father to determine that I made you in my image, in my likeness, and I created for you for dominion. And now the greatest Important thing on the earth isn't a house, it isn't a car, it isn't a job. It's will my seed be perpetual following the will of God in the earth? Come on, say amen to that. Why isn't that the most important thing to our parents that our children serve the Lord? Well, pastor, they're on dope right now. And I'm not making light of that. Put put the boat away. Get rid of the stealer tickets. Serve your son. Serve your daughter. Make sure with every breath on the earth that you're going to walk out the plan of God for your life because we've been made, Gabriel, Judah, glory, in his image and his likeness for dominion in the earth. We're not a little bit alike. If we're in agreement on our faith, we're a lot alike because we're like our heavenly father. We have his DNA. We have his image, his likeness. Wait a minute. You wouldn't question that, would you? Well, today, don't question who God made you. He made you not just in your earthly father's image. He made you in his image, in his likeness. And that's why the devil has a bounty on your head. Because when you were born, how many babies the devil tries to steal by miscarriage? How many babies the devil tries to steal by abortion? How many babies the devil tries to steal you go down to the Nile River, and when Dr. Fackery said, look right here, this is where all the Egyptian babies, Egyptian would throw the Israelites in, and the crocodiles, right here, this is known for that. This isn't going on just today. Satan's trying to wipe out the seed. You go to some of the European nations. I used to go to London all the time back in the day, and you go there now, it looks like big moss all over London. And people say, where are the English people? There's more Muslims. Because they believe the same thing. Be fruitful and multiply. And they call it jihad by birth. Don't, 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 don't worry about being evangelistic. Just marry somebody and, and have children and raise them up in the ways of Muhammad. And get a mosque in your neighborhood. And we got to say, as for me and my house, we will. Come on, church. Let's say wake up. So image, likeness, and dominion. Listen to this. Jeremiah 1.5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I approved you. 
as my chosen instrument. Before you were born, I separated you. I set you apart, consecrating you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Talking about Jeremiah, God has a plan. Look at Psalms 139. I know I read this a lot, but I love it because this is God and his thoughts toward you. Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, my high God. You are breathtaking. Body, soul, and spirit, I am marvelously made. You want to do away with self-hate? Read this every day. Don't know who I am? Read this every day. You are breathtaking. Body and soul and spirit, you are marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made. Bit by bit, how I saw I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I ever lived one day. Isn't that beautiful? Say, God chose me. Come on, say, I have his DNA. He made me in his image. And he constructed you. He didn't deconstruct you. He constructed you. He knew your thumbprint. There's not one like it anywhere else. He knew your eye. This new technology that your eye will open a door. There's no eye like yours on the planet. God made 8 billion, 16 billion eyes. And yours is none. How many know he's a creative God? And he made you in his image and his likeness. Thus you are creative and innovative. There's, there's stuff on the inside of you that God wants to open up. There's songs unwritten. There's books. There's businesses. There's all kind of stuff on the inside of you that God's trying to get people to speak into your life with words to pull out the greatness that's in Mike Koretich. To pull out what he designed at Psalms 139. And he fabricated you intricately, embroidered you, one translation says, as a tapestry. How fearful and wonderful our God is. How awesome he is. That he said, what a creation Stu is. And wait till you see him this Christmas, you won't believe it. Come on, say amen to that. Let, let me go to number two and we'll finish. Wow. So you were created in his image and his likeness for dominion. You look a lot. You look a lot. Now, please don't get me wrong. If you're one of those twisters of deconstruction, don't go away and say, and post, the pastor said, you're, you're God. That's stupid. You're, you're not God. But you have the thumbprint. You have the fingerprint. You have the likeness. You can't say Gabriel's the father. I'm his father. But, but it, it, there's a likeness, isn't there? There's a likeness. There's a little bit of understanding. When you walk around into your schools and the highways and your business and the byways, there ought to be a likeness. How many know when you go to Kiski School and you walk around the hallway and you say, is Jesus around? They say, no, but Joey Touchstone's pretty close. Right? If you go out in the business, you say, hey, does anyone know where Jesus is? Someone's in here remodeling the house. They say, I don't know, but Shane's close to him. He, he looks a little bit like him. He's got the, the, the cool looking, right? Come on, do you believe that? That's what we're supposed to be. But you say, what happened, Pastor? We know sin came. The fall came. Man got a, got a cursed DNA. Man added sin to the equation. Man fell, and now he's confused about everything. He's on the outside looking in. 
and God, well, God's mad because I sinned, Pastor. No, 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 no. God so loved. Come on, say God so loved. While he was on the outside looking in, he could have went, uh, we'll just do away with all these angry people, sinful people, and we'll make another man. That's not what he said. He looked over at Jesus and said, how about because I love them so much, the ones I made in my image, my treasure, the ones that I would give anything for, Jesus, we got to get them back. We got to go get them back. In fact, we not only got to go win them back, we got to get them back into the image that I created them, that they would multiply, that they would walk with me in the cool of the day, that they would come on the men's retreat, that they would come and get in the Word, that they would learn to pray and hear from God, that they would learn to be filled with the Spirit so I can walk with them and talk with them. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so this sin's not a big problem when you know who Jesus is. He came to the cross. He dealt with the sin problem. He, he came and took the DNA. Actually, he took all our sin. Let's look at what the word says. If you're a brand new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any person is, well, pastor, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're a child of God. Made in his image and his likeness. Therefore, if any person is grafted in Christ, he's a new creature. A new creation altogether. Old, previous, moral, interesting. Don't mess with a morality. No, let the, let the government keep moving the sticks and we'll just fall for it. I was talking to someone. You remember, you remember when we grew up and you, you did stupid stuff like I did all the time? Y'all never heard of this. My principal would say, grab your ankles. Y'all, you know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all looking at me like, that's weird. No, he didn't touch my butt. He whipped it with a, with a paddle about this big made of wood with, with holes in it. And it could go like this dude was big. He had arms like Bautista back here. And he would whip out so hard, you would go, I'm not going to talk again. I'm not going to talk out. I'm not going to do that because my blessed assurance feels hot. And you know what? And, 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 and people said, you know what? You went home. My dad said, you did something wrong, son. Get up there. I, I pray that the principal would take care of that and say, I took care of it. No, if I had to see dad, it was twice as bad because he loved me. Who God loves, he corrects. See, some people have a hard time with that. But now if you touch me, I'll call the police. I'll call CYF. I'll do this. I'll do that. And now we got a whole generation of people that haven't been corrected. You wonder why they're wearing their pants so low and their bums hanging out. They're just crying out for a spanking. Come on, give me some. That's what they want. Right? But anyway, we need that's a different, that's a sermon for a different day. New creature altogether. Say new creature. Old things, previous moral condition, moral condition, that moral condition, that messed up old nature, that messed up old nature, that messed up. Well, that's all right, you know, to live together. No, it's not. That's right. That's all right to have sex before marriage. No, it's not. Read the word. Pastor, are we becoming legalistic? No, we're just becoming full of truth. Why? That your kids and their children might serve the Lord and not go to hell and not go to hell. And be his reflection in the earth. Listen to what he says. 21. For our sake, he made Christ. For our sake. Someone say our sake. Our he sake. virtually made him to be sin who knew no sin. So we were fallen state because we lost our image. It was marred. It was tainted by sin. 
Jesus, who knew no sin, came, and he took all our sin at the cross. And his body was marred. And he was whipped. And he was beaten. Endued with and viewed as being in examples of righteousness of God, that we ought to be approved acceptable in right relationship with him. One translation in the living says, God took the sinless Christ... And he poured all our sin into him at the cross. In exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. Come on, someone say righteousness. Righteousness. That, that's what he did. So now, today, if you're sitting in this church, you say, I'm saved, you look as good as Jesus. Say, but I don't believe that. I grew up and I grew up and I was in a Catholic church the other day looking to buy another. There's about 10 Catholic churches for sale. And we were looking at one in a different part of town and and I went in the confessional and looked around. It kind of nasty. It was old and musty in there. And I thought, man, people were lied to here. Confessing their sin to a man. Lies. God says, if we confess our sin to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. But listen what Jesus did for us so that we could be righteous. Ephesians 4.23. Now it is time to be made new. By every revelation that's been given to you. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you. Wow. Not only to make you in his own image, but you messed up your life. I messed up my life. And what's the devil trying to do today? Get you to go off on some path. To be confused. To be suicidal. To hate your life, to feel unworthy, to feel condemned. I need a drink, Pastor. I need a drink. I need a pill. I can't deal. I'm fearful. I'm afraid. I need, I'm not valuable. I'm not worth. Why would God heal me? Why would God love me? Why would He doesn't because of you. He loves you because of who you are in His Son. And I love what He said. Listen to what He said in John 4 17. And I'll go to my last point. Listen, herein is His love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. See, religious people talk about it, but they never feel it. Because the Bible says we possess the mind of Christ. We have part of the thoughts of Christ. When our mind is renewed and we start to think as he is, so are we in this world. That's why if you get near me and you have cancer, you're going to be healed. I believe it. If you have any disease and I touch you, you're going to be healed. I believe it. I believe it. If you're depressed and I touch you, you're going to have joy. Amen. If you get my car, you're depressed, you're going to have joy. Amen. If you get my wife's car, you're going to have joy. Yes. It's my environment. I've been made in his image, in his likeness. God's never been depressed, so guess what? I'm not going to start. Amen. Now, don't make light of people that are depressed. I just say, come on and learn the word. Come on and find out who you are in Christ. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Depression's gone. Soul ties are gone. Generational curses are gone. Addictions are gone. I have one addiction, to be in his presence. That's it. I want to be in his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy and life forevermore. Why choose the other? Well, pastor, I'm kind of confused. No, no. Come out and be separate. What's the Bible say here? Listen as this finished. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness. And you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. What did he say? You were made righteous and holy. 
Well, you know, I cussed my wife last night. I didn't. But did you? Raise your hand. No, don't. You don't feel real holy. You don't feel real righteous. But you know what? God said you've been recreated to look just like Jesus. And you know what? You say, Pastor, do you act out in the flesh once in a while? Yeah, once in a while. But my wife puts me back in place. <laughs> no. But, but the reality is God said you're righteous. You're right standing with him. You have his goodness. You confess your sins. He's faithful and just. You've been created in true holiness. What's that mean? Hey, just receive it. Say it out loud. Say, I'm set apart. The rest of your days, you're set apart for the will of God. You're set up, you aren't going to marry a tool bag. You're set apart for the will of God. <laughs> you aren't going to be deceived by a wolf. You're set apart for the will of God. You aren't going to be deceived by the enemy. You're set apart for the will of God. You're holy. You don't hang out with the world. You're holy. Amen. You don't do what the world. I don't want to do what the world does. Amen. We're set apart. We have a different purpose. You say, listen, I close. You say, well, pastor, if we're made in his image and then we lost everything because of sin and then we came back because of Jesus created in his image, if we confess the Lord Jesus, that he rose from the dead, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, that he's the son of God, and that alone gives you this transformational experience called salvation, that you can come out of darkness into light, come out of, bless, out of curses into blessing, out of anxiety into joy, out of sickness into healing. That's too good to be. No, no, no. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Now's the time of God's favor. Now's the time. And so as we listen to this last point in his image and his likeness for dominion, that all of a sudden sin came and tried to throw God's plan off, but Jesus came and threw sin off. Now we recreate. Say, I'm recreated. If you've been born again, that, that's what the born again experience is. Your spirit man shares inwardly his likeness. How's the glory of God going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea? The world's waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. How come you keep talking like that? That's your old life. How come you keep that attitude? That's your old life. How come you're stingy? Old life. How come you get angry? Old life. And, and so what's the key to this? What did Paul tell us? It's a fight. It's a fight of faith. And so you say, because I live by faith in the word of God, I'm crucified with Christ. That means I die daily. How many want to die daily? Doesn't sound fun. But you know what? When you die daily and you put your flesh under, you say, come on, I'm living under God. I'm living in resurrection power. I'm living in joy. I missed it, but I'm getting back up. I'm going the direction of God. He became sin. He confessed. I confessed my sins. Faithful and just to forgive me. He recreated me. I look just like Jesus. I'm as pure as Jesus. I'm as holy as Jesus. I'm as set apart as Jesus. Not by my own works. By grace, you are saved. Through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. What's the gift of God? He made you holy. He made you righteous. He made you just like Jesus. When I grew up in the Catholic Church, we always said prayers like, we're not worthy. What a damnable prayer. <laughs> I'm just a wretch, a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, you were, but now you're a king's kid. Now you're a child of God. <laughs> Now you have authority and dominion. Yes. And he hasn't changed his mind about you. He loves you. He's passionately in love with people. Even the people that are lost and dying and going to hell and doing their own thing, Jesus is still coming after them. That's the way he is. That's his nature. 
That's his nature. And so as I close right here, I love this. Reflectors of his glory. Mirrors reflect. Actually, the real word witness, if you would pull it apart in the Greek, would mean a reflection. A reflection. Are you a reflection? Not, not just what you say. I got to be a witness. No, no. Do you have that reflection? Do you have that reflection? Do you reflect his glory? You were designed in his image and his likeness for dominion to reflect his glory. Isaiah says it this way, 43. Even everyone that is called by my name, I have created him for my glory. I've formed him, yea, I have made him. But I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. The psalmist is crying out to God. When I view and consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have ordained and established. What is a man? What is a man that you are mindful of him? Why are you so mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Why do you even care, God? Listen to what he says. Yet you have made him a little lower. Look at the Hebrew. That's a correct translation right there. You made him a little bit lower than Elohim or God himself. Heavenly beings. And you crowned him with glory, honor. One translation says, I crown you with glory, honor, dignity, and worth. You know what the devil's plan is? Steal, kill, and destroy to rip off your crown. To get you in a wrong relationship, get you in a wrong classroom, and just get one teacher to tell you. That's not your gender. To tell your kid. Hit him while they're young. He'll just grow up thinking everybody, two mommies have, have, have babies or two daddies have babies. It's so innocent. And they start teaching the gay BCs. It's horrible. It's not funny. A is for B is for by. C is for this. D is for drag queen. It's, it's, just, it's horrible. And they want to teach this to our kids. They want to pass it in Constitution. They want to pass it as a law. They're going to cram this stuff down our kids' throats. We're just sitting there going, I love Jesus. Let's go eat after church. And God say, I'm waiting for you to manifest my glory. I'm waiting for you to reflect my, I'm waiting for you to vote. I'm waiting for you to come to prayer. I'm waiting for you to pray in the spirit. I'm waiting for you to come against the principalities and powers and say in the spirit, the church is in charge now. I say no. Do you have that kind of authority and dominion? Come find out. Created you, glory, honor, dignity, and worth. Made you to have, again, dominion over all the works of their hands. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. With no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transformation comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. How many want to be transformed? How many want to go to another level of glory? How many want to die to self and live unto Him so that you can reflect His glory? The Lord said, there's three keys to reflect my glory. He said, there's three things that I am. And I want you to reflect. I believe God's light, life, and love. He is light and in him is no darkness. We reflect his light. We reflect his glory. We reflect that agape love of God, Romans 5, 5, that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You say, Pastor, it's hard for me to love the unlovely. No, you can do it. you got the love of God in your heart. 
It's hard for me to love my wife. Yeah, you can. You got the love of God in your heart. It's hard for me to love my neighbor. It's easy. You got the love of God in your heart. Pastor, it's hard for me to do what you did a couple weeks ago on offense and pray for those who despitefully use me. No, you got the love of God in your heart. The world is waiting for manifestation to see light, to see the love of God. And you know what? That Zoe in John 10.10 says, I've come that you might have life. This is called Zoe, the God quality of life. The God quality. How does God live? I'm living it right now, man. You know what? And it's not about stuff and temporal things. It's more about the inward. It's more about joy, righteousness, peace. When you know who you are, your identity, you can't be moved. The kingdom of God is not just a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, the state of being made right. Peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. That peace of mind that passes all understanding. And guess what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the Zoe life of God. That is the Zoe life of God. Do I have faith tests every day? Do I have to lift more barbells every week? Do I get more challenges? Count it all joy when you fall into tests and trials of all sorts, knowing the trying of your faith. Yeah, but faith works by love. Stay in the love of God. Stay in the light of God. The eyes of your heart are flooded with light. You have to be able to see to wake up. You have to be able to see to walk in love. You have to be able to see to walk in this life, the Zoe life of God. And you get transfigured from glory to glory. From glory. I'm not the same pastor I was the day I started this church. I'm not the same pastor I was last week. Because his spirit is working. Why? Because I'm so perfect? Not at all. Just ask my wife. But there is joy and peace in believing. When the devil tries to deconstruct your faith, I say we reconstruct it. And we say... I've been made in his image and likeness. I've been made to bear his name and his image. I've been made to reflect his glory. And I've been recreated to be the righteousness of God in Christ. My friend, this is the opposite of deconstruction. The reconstruction is there's a God who loves you. He sent his only son, Jesus, to reconstruct our lives, to rebuild our lives, to let us know we are his prized possession. And the devil, all he wants to do is take you out. And we're in a fight. It's not, you're not fighting with flesh. But you're fighting with principalities and powers. And you know what I do every day of my life? I not only worship, like I said last week, and get in his presence, but I pray for my seed. The greatest investment is not a 401k. It's not a piece of property. It's your kids. It's your kids. When my dad left this planet, he put his hand on my head. And he spoke a blessing over his sons and his daughter. And he left a legacy of faith that we will keep believing. And his grandchildren, as long as grandma's alive, praying for all the kids. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep praying over your seed. And I don't care what they do. I don't care what happens. I don't care. We've all been through struggle with our children. Don't let them go from your prayers. Keep standing. Keep believing. Don't let the devil squash the seed. Because you know what? You're the ones that the Bible says will crush the serpent's head. And my children's children will be taught of the Lord. And great will be their peace. 
and this ugly antichrist spirit in the earth that wants kids either dead, destroyed, or confused. If we'd simply as the church teach them their identity in Christ, they'll never go off that deep end. Say it out loud, because we know who we are in Jesus Christ. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost to connect the truth, the truth of your word, Father God, that's forever settled in heaven. Father, I thank you right now that you love people so much. And the devil hates them so much. He just wants them more confused about what they see, what they see. He wants them deceived by the cares of this world, by the lust of the flesh, by the pride of life by the lust of the eyes, by the temporary. Listen, friends, whatever you're going through, I speak over you. No, it's temporary. Just temporary. The Bible says, set your eyes on the eternal, not on the temporary. For that which is seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. A loving God created you in his image. And his likeness for you to rule and reign as kings in this world. But Satan's come and hurt people and then has people making anti-Christ laws and decisions to really destroy mankind so they'd be confused. Even take their lives. What if people really studied the counseling rooms about all these decisions that happen later on? where people are upset, don't like themselves even more and want to have a, my counseling room filled with suicidal people that now don't like who they are even more. And the devil traps them. His ultimate goal is to take people to hell. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. Man, if you're sitting in this room or watching on a podcast or watching online today, God is passionately head over heels in love with you. He's not mad at you. Man, the devil's confused people. The Bible says he's blinded the minds of this world that they can't see this truth that I'm preaching to you today. That a loving God sent his only son that you could be remade in his image the way he originally designed you to be. And he simply says, there's only one thing that can bring real joy and peace in your life is that when you trust and believe on Jesus Christ, he says everything gets started in him, Jesus brings us back to the Father. And everything finds its purpose in him. Today, with every head bowed and eye closed, as I pray in about 30 seconds, you're here today, you say, Pastor, I want to know that I have this relationship with God. I want to know that I receive the gift of salvation. I want to know that I said yes to God's love for me and to accept his son as my Lord and Savior. And that he recreates my spirit and makes me holy and righteous. That, that, that's what I want. I want to know him, Paul said. So today, if you're watching online, text us, say, pray that prayer. I want to pray that prayer today. Just text, say, I'm praying that prayer right now. Just send an email right there at the bottom of your screen. You can see where to email. But everybody in this room right now, you say, Pastor, when you pray, pray for me to have a relationship with God in a personal way through Christ. I'm asking today that he make me righteous. 
Just pop your hand up real quick. Say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else, just pop your hand up. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. Thank you right there. Just put your hand up, but that's you. Just say, pray for me. You don't have to, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir, right here. Thank you. Anybody else, just put your hand up right now. Thank you, sir. This is the most important decision in your life. The greatest day of your life is when you were born, and the other greatest day is why you fi- when you find out why. And so today you find out why because everything gets started in him. Just slip your hand up real quick. You say, pray for me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Somebody else, just the Holy Spirit's moving. Just put, put your hand up and say, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and let's pray as we do in reverence to the Holy Spirit who makes this happen. And, and this is what the Word of God tells us, guys. If we confess with our mouth Jesus Christ, if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, if we believe that he is the Son of God, The Bible says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, man believes and is made righteous. So a miracle is going to take place right now. But let's all together online and in this room, let's all pray out loud together. Let's do it together. Everyone say this. Jesus, I call on your name. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Jesus, I call on you. Be my Savior. I know you're the Son of God. You died for me. You became sin for me. You paid for my sin. You were the blood sacrifice that redeemed me. I accept your sacrifice. And I want to be your child. God, today, recreate me in your image. By the Holy Spirit, I decree I'm a brand new creature. And Jesus is my Lord. Come on, give a shout if you believe that. Listen, listen. I want want to pray for one more thing before I... Do we got the helicopter ready today? I want to... stand, Stand up with me. I want to pray for one more thing. And then... Then Joseph is going to come. How many have ever struggled with any area? Any area in your identity? And I'm not just talking about someone's propagating transgender stuff. I'm talking about you feel unworthy. Someone hurt you. Your heart still feels bitter for what's been done to you. Your identity has always been attached to maybe a titles or degrees. Your identity, there's people that look like a million bucks, but their identities and what they do, it's not in who they are. But any, any person in this place, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to to walk in my dominion the way I was created to. Put your hands up, both hands up. I'm ready in this last day. That should just be all of us, huh? I'm ready to walk in my dominion. You know what? As you die to self, self falls off. Gossip dies. Offense dies. Old church problems die. Situations, bitter roots are cut off. And we're becoming more transformed into his image. That's the goal, that his glory might be able to reflect through us. Father, I thank you for this precious church. I thank you for these precious people. I thank you that they see, Father God, they've been made in your image, in your likeness, for dominion. 
highly valued. I speak over you and I break self-esteem problems. I break low self-worth. I break situations where you look to a man for affection. I bind that in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now. You don't have to look to drugs because I accept you and love you right the way you are. I break every addiction. I break every lie of the enemy. And someone has a generational curse through which your parents spoke over you. I slice that by the blood of Jesus and I say it's gone over you right now. Someone has a spirit of infirmity and I break that by the name of Jesus. Just say this with me. Say, thank you, Lord. I know who I am. I have strong identity of who I am in Christ. I thank you, Lord. Today, I've been recreated to be like Jesus. And as he is, so am I in this world. Now use me, Lord, to reflect your glory. Because Christ in me, the hope of glory. Give a shout to the Lord if you believe that.